Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Next Bottom Hey, everybody, welcome to the X Button Podcast. Don't know what that intro was. Hope everybody had a good weekend. Today is July the 26th, 7th, 6th. Thinks today, I think me thinks today is the six. Hope everybody had a great weekend. It was a regular ass weekend for me. Uh, a lot of not playing games, a lot of not doing things I was supposed to do, a lot of not this and not that, and not this and not that. A lot of, um, yeah, a lot of random, random stuff going on this weekend. Wasn't very eventful. Actually, I did play some games. I was, I was lying, I was capping, I was lying, I was fibbing. All the words that represent lying, I was lying. I did play some games. I dove deeper into Death's Door, and I tell you what, that game is that game is sweet. That game is nice and sweet. I would assume I'm getting closer to the end. I think um, I haven't checked my progress percentage on there yet, but it feels like I've done a lot. And the areas are sprawling. Jesus Christ. That's the downside, and I'll talk about I'll talk about the positive and the and the negative, um, and this is kind of like a uh, what I've what I've been playing, and you know, kind of more impressions on Death Door because Death Door is a special entity and might go into the theme of this episode, where it is not on Game Pass yet; it is exclusive to Xbox and PC. So while that's interesting, I think the bigger question will be the topic of the show, but we'll get to that later. For now. Let's start with Death Door. I'm loving it. I absolutely love it. The characters are so so creative. Like every single one. There's a character that wants to die. I told you about that one. Um, and he can't die because you're not strong enough, apparently. And uh, there's also, you know, all the bosses are so interesting. Uh, there's a lot of like weird dialogue they do. Uh, I know the frog had something about... So there's a frog. And there is a scene, and I wouldn't consider this, spo- consider this spoilers, but uh, there is a funny part where you're about to go fight the frog, I, I guess. Like, I'm, I haven't fully gotten there yet. I'm working my way towards it. But uh, you're working through his henchmen and all his, like, you know, his area, which, honestly, the difficulty spike is is definitely, like, the first couple areas are so easy and simple. And then about, like, the third area... That you kind of get to the third biome, if you will, it gets intense. Like there is a ton of enemies, and there's always that one enemy that just does some stupid shit. That is just like, why? Why are you there? Um, so in this area, there are archers, which are you know that's enough. You know they can pretty much snipe you while you're focusing on the melee people. There's melee people who have a variety of different attacks. One it has a boomerang on his head. One can jump randomly and just like land on you. Uh, you know, and then, you know, you have the grunts that'll kind of just like swipe, swap at you and little spiders that'll leap towards you. Bunch of stuff like that. Then you got the, uh, you know, you got the, the sorcerers who are shooting out magic at you. And yeah, it, it can just, you can just picture that being like, the, and they place like two of each in an area. So you're fighting off the melee people while dodging the arrows and the attacks from the sorcerer and then you got the 
the boomerang frog thing that will land on you or it'll throw a boomerang and it slowly goes back to the to the person it's yeah it can get very intense so oh no this area was i mean it was actually challenging it took me a while to get through this area because i kept having to restart the area um and yeah it, it wasn't bad the now the part I'm, i wanted to talk about it before I, i'm trying to like stay on track this episode because i know I, I deviate a lot the the part i was talking about you know you get to this castle entrance area and there is uh two soldiers one on each side and it starts the cutscene. the frog lands on the right soldier kills him you know and then He's talking to you. He's like, "I can't believe you made it in here. You're 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 being a real pain in my ass, whatever." Da 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 da. And uh, the frog like leaves, like hops away and just leaves, leaves you there. He's just like, I, "I need to teach you a lesson for coming in my kingdom or whatever." And he leaves. And then you look at the left one, the left soldier, and he he says something super dumb like, "Oh, I hope I don't get in between those big green chunky cheeks." I'm like, "Oh, yo, a yo, a yo." I, like part of me was like, hey, yo, part of me was like, ha, part of me was like, hey, yo, but, uh, th- yeah, that was great. You know, that was a funny little part. Got me pretty good. The writing is great. Like all the, all the characters have like such a unique presence. There's a, uh, if you look at the cover of the game, it's kind of like all the different characters and different bosses, uh, on the cover. So one is the, one is a, a female, like grandma character. I passed her area already. I already did her part. And that was great. Like her, her interactions with you and how her whole level is set up is fantastic. Now, as I said before, there is a positive side. I want to talk about a downside. And the downside is this game needs a fucking map. Like there is like, all right, it, it is constantly giving you shortcuts, maybe too many shortcuts back to areas that if you, if you have in your head a linear path to get from point A to point B and there are like constant hooks that lead you back to like previous areas you're eventually going to get lost once you're on like the fifth or sixth hook in that area leading you back to the entrance. I get it. I get you. You want it to where if you die, you can literally just go right back. In some instances, it's been very helpful. Some instances, the shortcuts are only like you got to still go halfway through the level and then activate the shortcut. Like, um, you know, so they've been 50-50 anyways. But on top of that, it's I, I don't think the, the design is very intuitive to the point where I might... I maybe could say that majority, well, not majority, some of my time has been trying to retrack where I've gone. There are Castlevania elements, I guess, where there's certain things you can't do yet until you unlock the ability. So, you know, on top of trying to navigate these these looming hallways and, you know, areas that go back into itself so many times, there will be a random spot where it's like, oh, you need this special ability to unlock. And that happens to be the way forward after you beat the boss in the area. So, you know, you go beat the boss and then you're like, where the fuck was that little area that I needed to do now that, now that I have the ability. So I don't know that, that was annoying. Um, another positive side is that it has a bunch of secrets and like little hidden things. And, um, it's been great. Like the, the secrets are really, really well placed. Like there was one, you're in a castle like area. I think it was for the, mm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I don't want to spoil anything, but you're in an area and there's really shiny floors, right? And there's you're like going through room to room, finding different passages. And then there's a room that doesn't have like anything in it. It has these two. There, it has like uh, this this vase that you can break that'll unlock a door typically. Um, but there's no door. There's nothing. But uh, when you're looking at the room, you're like, "What the? Why is this here?" You hit it, 
And then you notice that in the reflection of the ground, it reflects next to this wall that there's a door there. And it also reflects that there's like the, another unlock pot or vase, whatever, in another corner of the room. And I go and hit that one and it unlocks the door in the reflection. I'm like, oh, cool. So I walk up to the wall and it lets me go through the wall. Like it, it's like that kind of secrets, you know, like literal, literal tight, tight secrets. And um, I think that unlocked a a upgrade for my magic and, you know, to unlock all or to upgrade your magic uh, capacity, I guess is the right word for it. You need to find these secrets, so they're not required, but to make the game a little easier for you or to, you know, just get more magic, uh, you're going to want to do that. But that, that was a cool one. I, I just like the cleverness in it that I had to kind of think outside the box for certain situations. Um, this game definitely takes risks in terms of its uh, hidden stuff and its character development and all that. Like every single character you run into is great. The gameplay is fun and... Um, I mean, it's mainly you're hitting square to attack. You're hitting R2 to do a heavy attack. Uh, now I have a bomb attack, which can do like massive damage, but it's slower to cast. You have your your you have a fireball now, so I can do like a little fireball throw, like I'm a sorcerer. And then you you also have your bow, so it's, it's like all ranged abilities, but they they do like you know vary. So you know, in battle, I can like swap to certain things. I think for the bomb, you need two slots, so. You know, you blast off the bomb. Oh, you only have one piece left. Swap to the bow. Bink somebody. Run up. Attack. And every melee attack you get on an enemy or a vase will give you another magic slot. So you go hit some people. Back up. Toss, you know, toss more bombs. You can start doing that. And that's kind of like the loop of the game. And you can kind of, you know, mix that up. Also, you're hitting X to dodge, you know, at the last second. Dodging around enemies. Dodging around projectiles, like I was saying earlier. And, yeah, it's fantastic. Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, and that's what I've been playing outside of like, you know, Skate 3. Uh, I haven't been back to Zelda yet, but I, I kind of want to save that because I'm trying to get through Death's Door. And if I keep swapping back and forth, I won't make any progress on any of them. Uh, I also need to finish Watch Dogs. That's, that's another, on top of its DLC that just came out, which I had reviewed in a, in a couple, uh, episodes prior. Well, not really reviewed, but impressions. So... I have a lot of things to play, and then on top of that, I have a lot of things to read and watch and all kinds of shit, so let's get to those. I have a... I can't remember if I fully covered uh, what what books I've been reading. I know I mentioned a couple things I was reading at the time. I I read the Thanos book. I read Miles Morales. I am currently reading... I'm trying to think of what it's called. I I picked away... I, I have my hand, again, just like games... I have my hand in many different pots when it comes to books as well. So I am currently reading Middle West, which is a story about a kid who comes from uh, comes from an abusive family or I guess father, and he sees things as in like like when his dad gets mad, he turns into like a fiery beast, and then he talks about how windy it is in his town, and the wind looks like a big monster, and like you know he talks about how it's going to sweep him off his feet. So it's like you're kind of diving into the psyche of a mind of a kid's mind and it's kind of illustrating his feelings and mental uh, state through these dramatic drawings of like, you know, he's seeing a big monsters, everything's monsters around them. And it's, you know, kind of going through his like mental health that way. Very interesting. I love the art. The story's great. It's a fat ass book. Had to, had to stretch the, stretch the spine, had to stretch the spine to that book. You know what I'm saying? And it was, uh, yeah, it smells good. I don't, I don't know why I'm getting into books, but 
Yeah, it was nice. It was a brand new book. I was like, all the glue is cracking. It's very satisfying. I don't know why I'm talking about that so much, but it was cool. What else was there? There is uh, Old Man Hawkeye. I haven't started it yet, but I need to. Um, It is a prequel to Old Man Logan, which if you're not familiar with Old Man Logan, it's basically Wolverine in the future where all his, you know, all the superheroes are dead. So he's pretty much the last one alive. And uh, there are a couple others like Hawkeye is his right hand man. Hawkeye is blind in this book. And uh, he's basically this badass, like way better than the cinematic Hawkeye and all this. And, uh, you know, there's there's Hulk and he has a family, She-Hulk, Kid Hulk, all that stuff. And they're like these like country ragtag group. It's real weird. But um, the story revolves around Logan, obviously. And it's basically how he's like dealing with his current situation. He owes money, I think, to the Hulks and all this stuff. It's, it's a great, great story. It's one of the best stories, in my opinion. Um, and then, you know, old man Hawkeye is a prequel, so he, he isn't blind yet. Um, and then also apparently I think I got the sequel to old man Logan where it's called dead man Logan. And it says it's like on the cover, it says, Oh, this, this is a great way to wrap up old man Logan or whatever. So I'm assuming it's the sequel, but I think it's by different writers. So I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Then I swear there's something else I need to read. I can't remember what the, what it's called right now. Oh yeah, one is Dark Knight's Metal, which I've gone over in the past. Uh, I need to finish that. Basically a bunch of books I need to finish. I know this is a gaming podcast, so nobody cares about that. Anyways, the uh, and then watching Demon Slayer. Still need to finish it up. Need to finish up Castlevania. Still need to finish that up. So I need to work on this week a bunch of stuff. I'm going to pick one thing out of all my slots. Death's Door is going to be my game, my book. Well, hmm, my book will, hmm, my, hmm, hmm, my, hmm, my book will probably be, I don't want to rush through Middle West because I like it. Uh, I also have Mob Psycho 1, the first of uh, Mob Psycho 100's uh, manga, mangi, and, uh, oh, I need to finish Dragon Ball. All right, I'm going to finish Dragon Ball Super. I'm going to continue to the to where there's no more new books. I own them all, so... I just need to make it to, I think it's 13. I have three more mangas out of Dragon Ball. And um, until they release more, obviously. And then for watching, I'm going to watch Demon Slayer. I think I need to finish Demon Slayer. And then, or no, 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 no. Hmm. I might finish Castle. I'm going to finish Castlevania. So Castlevania, Death Door, and Dragon Ball Super. That's going to be my week this week. I'm going to knock those out. And I might just start popping out reviews on those throughout the week. Just because there's not a lot of content going on. So um, there are some things going on with like Comic-Con and stuff, which I can touch on a little bit. Um, but what I wanted to mainly get to today with was just kind of like a idea I had, which I've I played with a little bit over the past couple pods. And my question was, I was wondering, is is Game Pass ruining paid games, in, at least for Xbox, you know? Because if you own Game Pass, you get a, you get a slew of games... For free and you get the first party games for free so when a game like death's door comes around and it's paid it really makes you wonder like should i pay 20 dollars for this when there could be something coming on game pass or there's tons of stuff on game pass right now where it's basically you you subscribe and then you get a a backlog automatically you get you know all the fallouts you get doom you get wolfenstein you got the halos on there you get gears on there you got forza's on there like you have a automatic backlog on there that is just like 
a ton of content, hours and hours and weeks and weeks, maybe months of games that will occupy you for a long time. And then you have online multiplayer in, mo- in some of them. So, you know, the value is you're paying a monthly fee. I think it's like 15 bucks. And uh, it really leads you to wonder, like I said, when a game like Death Store comes out, is it worth getting? Is it worth paying that extra money when you're 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 swimming in the benefits of Game Pass? Um, now, in the sense of Death Door, I'm kind of picturing that the general audience didn't really sleep on Death Door, uh, so I don't think it's like a big thing with them. But maybe a game that's not as popular because I, you know, Death Door was shown at I think E3, and kind of it got the spotlight it needed to kind of sell well. I don't know the exact sales on it, to be honest, and I don't know the exact sales on Game Pass either, but um, I, I noticed a common th- uh, trend amongst my friend group that is, if it's on Xbox, if it's on Game Pass, I'll play it, which that's good. It's getting engagement on games that aren't, that we might not play or buy, you know, so it, it is pushing us to try new things, and I, I love that. The, the downside is when games like Death's Door comes up, there is a conversation that is had amongst my friends where it's like, yeah, but it's $20, you know, yeah, but a cent comes out in like a week or two, yeah, this, yeah, a flight sim comes out tomorrow, like, there's, there's all kinds of questions and comments that are like, why would I pay for that when I could just play something, you know, it, it would have to be like significantly unique, where it's, it's kind of putting indie games on xbox on a at a higher level where you have to reach a certain goal to kind of sell well or sell it all on xbox you know if i mean i'm sure a lot of them are probably getting deals for game pass because it feels like everything's being thrown on there even third parties but i don't know it was just something i was wondering and i you know obviously it's hard to have this thought when there's no one to debate with and this it's not really a debatable thing it's it's something i would like to conversate with somebody about so maybe on the next episode or um somewhere else this week we can kind of talk about it but uh i'll go ahead and i'll go ahead and give some of my thoughts so personally on game pass i'm loving the ability to download and play all these games that i would never try like i think if the ascent came out i would probably buy that day one and this is a bad example, but I would probably buy this next game day one as well. Well, let's just for this for this example we'll use this. So, twelve minutes is going to be on Game Pass as well. That game, you know, I'm interested in that, right? I, I think that looks pretty cool. I think it looks interesting. It's a narrative game, you know, but it it, it might be something that I probably wouldn't buy. If that makes any sense, and, and I don't want to knock any developers out there for this, but I just think that. Um, here, put it this way. I personally would buy it just for that. That is what it is. I would buy it because I'm, I'm very, I'm personally very interested in that game. There might be someone out there who is like, it's not on game pass. Cause I have a friend who's like that. It's not on game pass. I ain't buying it. So, which is fine. You know, that, that is fine. You obviously do what you want, but would this game be treated differently if, you know, I, I feel like there's a priority for certain Xbox gamers because there's not really that core first party, you know, fan base on Xbox right now. Obviously, there's uh, people love uh, Halo and Forza and Gears, whatever. Uh, oh, my. But there's not enough. There's no 
you know, God of War, Ghost of Tsushima, nothing like that on Xbox. Something that is like narratively pulling you in, uh, gameplay wise pulling you in is just fucking. There's nothing I've seen on Xbox that looks as good as Last of Us Two. Put it that way, or you know, Demon Souls on PS Five. You want to go to modern, like so. With a lot of people that are just playing these games on Xbox for like, oh, you know, I'm just, I just want to play it for Game Pass. Games like Death's Door might get slept on for that reason. And I think I got that point across, so I won't harp on that too much. But I think the important thing to note is that games are not, like there was a recent article that came out about how, or not even an article, it was more of a Twitter rant by a developer talking about how difficult it is to assumedly make games for PlayStation, how it costs money to get on the front page of their store. So it seems like that may be the reason why Xbox PC gets a lot of these indie games that aren't... Because, um, like, obviously PlayStation is the top-selling system. Why would you skip out on that? But it seems like PlayStation's making it difficult for indie developers or lower developers to promote their stuff and have their games seen. So not only is it a pain in the ass working with playstation it's also a pain in the ass getting your your game to be seen at all which it, it in some situations it may cost money and it sounds like according to that rant it costs specifically twenty five thousand dollars just for you to get your game on the front page or whatever or to be seen at all so it's it's bullshit that sucks but what's happening is all these developers are coming to xbox like uh you know and it, it's not blatantly said i don't think so I think it's just when you wonder why, oh, why is Death's Door, a indie game with no ties to Xbox, uh, only on Xbox and PC, you know? Why are these other indie games only Xbox PC? Would they ever be on PlayStation 5? Or, um, you know, would PlayStation allow them or, you know, not charge stupid-ass fees for them to get on their store? It causes a lot of confusion, and I think, you know, it, it's sad because it's forcing all these de developers to go to Xbox and if they're on Xbox and, you know, they're just trying to get their game seen, which Xbox is allowing that and all that, there's a lot of people. And I've noticed this on, you know, on online as well and message boards and uh, in real life with my friends that a lot of people are just, you know, playing it for Game Pass or buying Xboxes for Game Pass. So, so what is Game Pass doing to... These developers that are, you know, have almost no other option but to go to Xbox only to find out that a majority of their fan base, I'm assuming, obviously, um, in that situation would not be buying your game because it's not on Game Pass. And and like I said, big games, like I'm surprised Death Door wasn't on Game Pass. That was kind of like a little crazy. It's It seemed like it got a really positive showing. Uh, fan base, you know, the fan base was actually reacting to it. So... It seemed like it was it was set up to kind of be a big game. I was surprised it wasn't on Game Pass. I figured Microsoft would have sent them a deal or something, or they would have requested it, or I don't I don't know how it even works. But not seeing it on Game Pass was kind of crazy. However, it not being on Game Pass, I was totally fine with. I was fine paying the twenty dollars personally, but I can I can also relate when you have the fucking world in your hands for a monthly fee. And Game Pass, like, you know, you have enough entertainment there. So it is kind of like a spoil of riches. It sucks that some of these devs might be getting the short end of the stick when it comes to visibility and uh, playtime, I guess. 
You know, I don't know if this is a genuine uh, industry issue when it comes to Game Pass. I don't, I don't think anybody's ever talked about this, but it's just something I'm wondering. You know, so if I'm wrong, let me know. But I'm just, it's something I'm a little curious about. I may just not know enough to be honest. I'll be open about that, and I may just not see certain trends, or you know, maybe Death Store didn't need that kind of shit. Maybe there's some backdoor way Game Pass can screw over these devs. I don't know. So. All in all, I'll talk about it more with a co-host, probably with Groob, uh, someone else later this week, and I'll get back to you on that. We'll have a nice little discussion about it, because I think it'd be interesting to talk about. Uh, I kind of rabbled on in this episode about it, but I think uh, I think we can have a little deeper discussion. Maybe There may be some things that I'm not seeing or mentioning right now that might be worth talking about, so we'll, we'll get this, this topic back up uh, in a couple episodes, probably. But that is all for now. Uh, you know, it's it's not really been a big week in games, so that's that. But I will fi- I'll start finishing some shit so we can talk about some shit. You know, I know I know you guys might not be in the comics, and that's fine. But just bear with me. Just just sit in there. For uh, I'm trying to make the comic segment sections short, so it doesn't really bother you know the gaming crowd. I'm I I dip my toe in a lot of different pools, so it's. It's kind of hard to, you know, focus on one, but this is a gaming pack podcast ultimately, so mostly be about games, and I'll gladly talk about games because I love games. So thank you guys for listening. I will check you guys out tomorrow. Have a good Monday, and bye.